Hi, I'm Ali Maldro, the host of A Public Affair on Tuesdays. You can listen to this show any day of the week, any hour of the day on the WORT smartphone app or on wortfm.org. If you love what you hear, click that donate button and support community media. Your donation makes a huge difference. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take it to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground. We bring the truth to places truth is never heard before. We bring the sound communication about Good afternoon, Madison. You are listening to WORT 89.9 FM Madison. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow, and this is a public affair. A 2015 study by research group Child Chens found that one in 14 U.S. children either has or have had a parent behind bars. That is more than 5 million kids. Today we are talking with two guests from the non-for-profit organization Pathfinder Club. They work with teenagers who have loved ones incarcerated. But first, I want to remind everyone that we are in the midst of Pledge Drive. If you want to donate to the station, give us a call at 608-256-2001, extension 1, go on or go online to wortfm.org and give. This conversation and every conversation we have on this station is only possible because you all support this work and support this community. And WORT has been part of this community for a long time. And if we want to keep it a part of this community for much, much longer, we need you all to show up and support. Don't worry about how much small donations do big things. But we need we need the folks who who listen to to keep us to keep us on the air, to keep us in business here at WORT. In the debut anthology, Advice to Ninth Graders, Stories, Poetry, Art, and Other Wisdom, teens impacted by prison share their hurt feelings, their dreams, their fears, and hopes through personal reflection and creative expression. This collection also offers insights, practical guidance, empathy, and encouragement to soon-to-be high schoolers. The anthology is edited was edit- the anthology was edited by our guest, Amy Friedman and Victor Chilano Jr. Welcome to the show, Amy and Victor. How are y'all doing today? Happy to be here. Nice to see nice to be talking to you. Oh, it's so great to get to talk to you about this work, Amy. Vic, how are you doing? How's today treating you? It's treating me good. I'm out here in the, the sunny weather of Los Angeles, California, as opposed to Portland, Oregon, Oregon. And the last name is Trillo, T-R-I-L-L-O, Victor Trillo. Trillo, thank you so much for for that correction. We want to make sure people know who we're talking to today. Um, I'm so excited about the work you all do, in part because I've been in education since I was 19 years old. The first gig I ever had was doing after-school poetry clubs with teenagers. Um, And the power of, of young people and writing is is something that's hard to describe. It's one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life. I got to read the the book you all helped your students to create. It was so moving and so heartbreaking and so gorgeously done. I'm so grateful for the work you all are de- doing. Amy, can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to do this work with young people um, and what inspired you to create this outlet specifically for young people who have a parent who is incarcerated? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a long story, but 11 years ago, um, actually, it's a story that began 30 years ago. I was married to a man who I met when he was incarcerated, um, and we fell in love, got married. I was a newspaper columnist writing about prison, and met him, and fell in love, and married him, and raised his two daughters, and very quickly learned the stigma and silencing that attaches to the experience of loving somebody who's incarcerated. Um, Because I'm by trade forever a writer, um, it made me most crazy that my girls felt that they had to keep secret their experiences. Um, They had been so stigmatized from the time they were young when their father was incarcerated um, that they just learned to, to, I called them world-class liars. Cut to, I, I remained married 
for seven and a half years, divorced my ex-husband, but never divorced my daughters. And many years later, when I remarried, I married a man who is a high school teacher. And I began going into his classrooms to work with kids on personal essay. And I, in those classrooms, meet kid after kid after kid who reminded me of my daughters, had a parent or a sibling or an uncle or a, or a boyfriend or girlfriend who was incarcerated and were dealing with all those same um, feelings that my daughters, that had silenced my daughters. So long story short, 11 years ago, my second husband and I, the teacher, um, decided we wanted to start a club for kids who were impacted. And um, we started the first one at Venice High School in Los Angeles. Um, it's been growing for 11 years now. Um, a year ago, merged what, what was called Pops the Club. The first group of kids named it Pops which stood for pain of stands for pain of the prison system, but also reflected the vibe of their club, the pop, the joy of being in this room with each other. Um, we merged with the Pathfinder Network that had already started their own club called the Pathfinder Club. And now we're all one big family um, and growing. That is such an incredibly powerful story. And I, I really, I've got to say, as somebody who is also married to a teacher, shout out to the teachers. You want to save the world. You want to change the world. I think, you know, be a, be a teacher or love a teacher um, because they're, they're some of the most important people in the lives of our young people. Vic, how did you find yourself doing this work, cultivating these, these stories and these poems with young people putting together this book? Well, I would take up the whole interview talking about that, but I will get into a short version of it. But can I say on that token, what you and Amy just both uplifted up as far as education goes, you know, as it relates to what we're doing here today, the advice of ninth graders, it's a book of education. It's a book of young talent that are educating the masses, that are educating adults. I'm so inspired by the words and the wisdom in this book. And I fundamentally believe that this book should be in every library across the nation every adult hand across the nation because it is a book of education. So shout out to our loved ones as well who are educating us adults and their fellow peers. I got into this work as myself growing up. Uh, my father was incarcerated all my childhood life. And early on, I formulated this yearning. And I don't say it lightly. It was a deep yearning to go to prison because I wanted to follow in the footsteps of my father that's what I thought life was about, becoming a man and going to prison, getting tattoos and having this, this, um, this perception is this is how you channel shame and stigma. All wrong. That wasn't the case at all. Um, today, I actually live behind my father here in Portland, Oregon, and he's a wonderful man. He's my greatest example. He was my example growing up as a kid, but he's my greatest example today. He is working. He's been out for over 25 years now. Um, just a great example. And when I got to Portland, Oregon, I was looking for a job and I found the Pathfinder Network. And the thing that stuck out to me about the Pathfinder Network is they said that all people are worthy of change and we believe in second chances. So I got hired there as a youth mentor. As Amy mentioned, I uh, helped co-create and led an, and still leading to this day an after school program called the Pathfinder Network, inspired and modeled by the Pops, the club. And last year I was... Um, gracefully promoted to a program coordinator and I get to now program program coordinate uh, these wonderful clubs across the country. So that's my deepest, deepest inspiration. I am so excited to get more thoroughly into this conversation with you all and really talk about what this work looks like and what this work means. And I hope the folks who are listening want to hear more. But before we hear more about the work you do and hear from some of the young people themselves, we're going to talk about supporting WORT 89.9 FM. Our goal is to get seven people to give today. We haven't heard from anybody yet. If you want to be our first caller, all you have to do is call 608 256-2001. Huge shout out to our director of news, Shelly Pittman, to our producer, Jade, and to our engineer, John, for, for making this show and every single show I do possible. This work could not happen without having a really deeply committed and wonderful team behind it. And 
part of how you celebrate these people and this show and this work is by showing up to give. I also want to introduce my pledge rapper today, D Stars, who is the host of an out of the Bo- out of the box. <laughs> I'm so sorry, D. The out, out of the, the box. box, out of the box podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, is joining to talk a little bit about you know why you should support WORT, what you get if you support WORT, why he is a huge fan of the work we hear we here do at WORT. He is award an award winning podcaster. I just learned today. D, you want to talk a little bit about why you support community radio and what folks can get if they give. Well, I'll start off with just kind of introducing myself. Um, My name is D Star. I'm the host of Out of the Box podcast. Uh, My podcast is centered around reentry. So that's incarcerated, formerly incarcerated people, giving them the opportunity to share their inspirational stories, music, spoken word, poetry. And we also bring on community leaders, nonprofits and small businesses to share their resources with the community also. And that is one of the main reasons why I love um, work and the work that they do here, because they amplify those voices and they're not afraid to. Um, step outside of the box, you know, no pun intended, and amplify those voices that really need um, that they really need it. That is an incredibly like powerful reason to love WORT, and I think it's one of the reasons the people who listen to WORT do is because you're not going to hear these kinds of conversations on your average news program. You're not going to see um, young people uplifted or the kinds of thorough, hour-long, deeply invested dialogues that we get to have in this space elsewhere. And so, and you, and you know, and not to cut you off, but. One of the most important things that people really need to understand is that 90 percent of the people that um, work here are are volunteers. They do not get paid. They do it just for the love of the community and they do it for the love of information and education. So it's so important that people come on and donate because it, it keeps the station going. Yeah. And that those resources pay the the really hardworking staff. It's just a handful of folks who, you know, really pull hard for, for the work that we all do. Also, it goes to like making sure that we have high quality equipment, making sure that we, you know, can can keep the lights on here at WORT. So if you want to help us do that. So our goal is to get seven people. It's seven And we people. have this little bell right here. I'm, I'm going to ring it. So please make me ring that bell. Yeah, be the first person that gets us, you know, to to have, you know, the the conversation about what it means to support this work, but also help us get back to the conversation we're here to have um, by giving. Can you talk a little bit, Dee, about what folks get if they give? So we have a lot of different levels, um, starting at the $30 level all the way up to the hundred and twenty dollar level and above um so we would start off with uh the thirty dollar levels where you would get three stickers you know just for you know giving us this um beautiful gift we really appreciate that all levels we appreciate then it's a 35 dollar level where you get an embroidered patch at the 40 dollar level you get a one-year subscription to progressive magazine which is awesome and at the $45 level, you'll get um, the, Mal- Mad- the Madison, the Illustrated Sequential History. Um, and then at the $50 level, you can uh, give yourself or someone that you know um, a gift to, to of official mentorship status uh, for the uh, mentor mentorship card. So mindless mentorship card. It, it's awesome. So, I mean... Uh, of course, we don't do it for the gifts or we don't do it for, you know, to get something back. We do it because we do it out of the kindness of our heart. But this is just a little incentive for you guys to give. And it's like some cool merch. It's really nice to really like is. bop around Madison and have like a WRT backpack or hat or hoodie um, because people recognize WRT. And if you're giving, you'll be so amazed at how many people like this radio station means so much to. And, you know, if you're wearing the logo, people tend to let you know. So And especially the incarcerated uh, community and formerly incarcerated community, because this is one of the rare radio stations that actually plays hip hop and different genres of music. And then uh, at night 
they have a dedicated uh, segment where they just play hip hop and folk, you know, do shout outs and things like that. So a lot of the incarcerated, formerly incarcerated people really tune into this radio station is very important to them. And it's really, really important to the community. How can people give, D? Um, people can give to uh, on our website. So that's uh, WRTFM.org. Or you guys can call in at 608-256-2001. Once again, that's 608-256-2001. We would love for you guys to call in or give us a donation on the website. That'd be great, guys. We're going to jump back into the conversation and we're going to take this opportunity to hear a, a little bit of poetry from a, a, a student. So we're going to hear from Tyler Stonebaker, who uses he, him pronouns and is a 17-year-old junior at Park Rose High School in Portland, Oregon, who has been struggling with poverty all of his life. He has had nobody to look up to, but is trying to turn his life around and is a founding member of the Pathfinder Club at Park Rose. Pain to motivation, no money for rent, my mom's stressing, smoking weed to try to get it out of her head. She doesn't deserve all the pain that she has to go through. One day I want to get out of poverty. Pain, it's a deep feeling of hopelessness that can break you, but you gotta use it as motivation or it can eat you alive. Hi, my name's Tyler Stonebreaker. I wrote this piece about a year ago, so I was 16. When I was writing this piece, we had, we were like not having any money. My mom didn't have a job. We were about to get kicked out for uh, not paying rent. And so I was writing this to help others see that you could use your pain as your motivation to keep going and keep pushing it until you're like out of that state. For like most of my life until I joined the Pathfinders Club, I didn't really like feel comfortable sharing or like I didn't really have anybody to help me with the situation I was in. I joined it around freshman year and I just fell in love with it. Writing in this book and the pieces I wrote throughout like the past couple years I've been in this club, it's like really helped me figure out who I am as a person and that there's other things besides the path that I was going down. I was really going like towards the path that my uh, uncle and mom's boyfriend, which were previously incarcerated, like the people around me weren't being the best influences on me. And so I joined the uh, club and like really figured out that that's not the path I need to take. If you enjoyed listening to, to Tyler, we hope that you give us a call and give and support WORT 89.9 FM today. The number is 608-256-2001. Amy, listening to Tyler talk a little bit about, you know, his experience and, and what Pathfinder has meant to him. Um, how, what, what, is, what is your reaction to that? How does that make you feel about the work you're doing? It makes me feel utterly thrilled that this vision that we had um I'll, I'll say this that my husband and i are both writers and one of the reasons that when we conceived the notion of these clubs that publishing and writing and making art was part of that vision was because we both know um from writing and from teaching the healing power of making art um, for the person making it. And, and the other reason is because I hope um, listeners are, are feeling it when they hear Tyler, um, that these are young people who are so resilient and so wise, as Vic pointed out earlier, and have so much to teach all of us. We over-incarcerate in this country, and um, we don't think about that much less thinking about the people who we incarcerate, we don't think about the impact and all the waves and ripples and the way that it, it touches the family members and loved ones. Um, but, but hearing words from someone like Tyler, I, I, I know Tyler and, and adore him and, and just sort of makes me tear up and feel like, wow, yeah, that was the idea and it, it's a reality that you can find other places and other paths and other supports. Yeah, there's 
Yeah, um, that's uh, that's totally awesome. I, I really appreciate the work that you guys do. And a uh, big shout out to Tyler for being so um, vulnerable and sharing that that time in his life. Um, and at this point, what I really would like to do is hear from you guys, uh, the, the listeners. We would like to really uh, invite you guys to join the conversation. 608-256-2001. Give us a little donation. If you guys have any questions, any comments, please join the conversation. Uh, we would love it if you guys can just anything would really help. We really appreciate it. Be our be our first caller. Be our first person to give. I I want to shift now to 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 you, Vic, and and talk a little bit about you know what what that what your response is to what Tyler is saying especially as somebody who may identify with that experience or have kind of an overlapping experience um with the young people you're working with what is it like when when young people are really vulnerable and and share what it is like to have family members incarcerated um how does that you know impact the way you tell your story um yeah yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> that's a really powerful question. And one of the things I do in my, my line of work every day is I channel Little Vic and Little Monica, which was myself and my uh, older sister who by 18 months and, you know, in reflection and looking back on it, you know, how my, our mother was trying our best, you know, to navigate um, society with all the social determinants, raising two kids while my father was incarcerated. It was very hard for us. So when I go into the clubs, you know, my mindset is always channeling little Vic and little Monica. And from day one, I hit it off with Tyler. I've known him for two and a half years now. Um, I'm his mentor. You know, I'm his, I'm his big brother. I'm his, um, his closest friend. Um, and one of the things that he always opens up is, you know, he always shares, you know, how poverty has impacted his life and how if it wasn't for club, if it wasn't for the Pathfinder Club, he don't know if he would be alive or if he would be in prison. And he's just so grateful for the opportunity to be in club, to be able to to shed, I mean, to share his stories and, you know, to tap into the resilience and to, the, and to navigate that shame and stigma that he, ador- that he endures. Um, and when I get back to it, when I look at it, when if I look at it from perspective of just like, you know, back onto the topic of education, back on the topic of what the book Advice to Ninth Graders contains, you know, these are powerful young stories of just our youth in our community t- today that are educating us. The book can also be utilized as a tool for us adults, when we are feeling like the world is against us and, you know, it's heavy on our shoulders, you can pick up and read a piece in there and become inspired. You know, especially for those entering um, high school, you know, the eighth graders going into high school where they're afraid, like, oh, my God, I, I can't tell my secret or how's high school going to uh, treat me. You know, there's chapters in there on how to navigate transportation, how to navigate friendships. You know, what about sports? You know, there's so many different stories of these young people's um, hearts and their souls that I really believe that, you know, this book should be in all the hands and people should take a look at it. You can go to popsclubs.org to, uh, to look to, to see, get a copy of it or the pathfindernetwork.org, you know, and there's a copy of device and ninth graders as well as eight other anthologies from students across the, the nation, you know, who have, you know, shared their stories and their wisdom with the world. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that it's very, very important that people take a look at that book. Um, let's get into every single library in the country. And, um, the, and and just to go back, that's the reason why supporting WRT is so important to amplify voices like Tyler's and uh, get we get the opportunity to hear about books that we probably would have never even heard about like yours. And um, so I really appreciate you guys taking the time to put together that project. And I really appreciate all of the listeners out there that... Um, listen to ORT, support ORT. So if we can just get one person just to kick things off with a small donation, make me ring that bell or either join the conversation, that'd be awesome, guys. 
So I want to I want to emphasize, Vic, you know, you kind of highlighting education as part of what makes this book powerful and important. Today is a great day for education here in Madison, if I do say so myself. Um, We just hired a superintendent who was raised in Madison, who attended our schools, who taught in our school district, who was a principal in our district. Shout out to Joe Gother. we're so excited to have you back in our community. And I also want to highlight something that Amy said. Amy, you said we over incarcerate people in this country. I want folks who are listening to this show to know in Wisconsin, our state doesn't spend more on anything than incarceration. We spend far less on education than we do on incarceration. We will spend, you know, Anywhere between six and nineteen thousand dollars to send a kid to school every day for a year. Um, we'll spend a hundred thousand dollars to incarcerate that same child. Wisconsin has one of the most disproportionate prison systems in the country. We're a state that's about six percent African American. We have uh, an incarceration. Um, you know, our, our incarceration is about forty percent African American. Our incarceration of young people is about eighty percent African American. This is a huge issue, and the work that these two people are doing is so incredibly important. We have a special announcement. That's two. Okay, so the first one is Steve. Thank you so much, Steve, for your donation. Um, we really appreciate that here at War. Um, we you, be on the lookout for um, that um, that gift that we're we're going to be sending to you. And another person, um, Benjamin. Uh, we really appreciate you, Benjamin. And um, he says, uh, shout out to all the incarcerated people. Absolutely, thank you so much, Benjamin. Oh man. Thank you. Thank you all for giving. Thank you for supporting the work we're doing. We have two people who have given. We want to get five more people. If we get five more people, I will match uh, a donation up to $100. So y'all, you know, keep keep those donations coming. Make sure WORT 89.9 FM Madison is on for a very long time that we get to tell stories like this for a very long time. If you're just joining us, if you're just tuning in, just jumping into your car, just tuning Tuning, turning on your radio. Um, it's pledge week, right? And and the only way we, we get to keep doing this work is if you all show up and give and support this work. I want to give a huge shout out to the folks who are answering phones for us today. Huge shout out to Dee, who is, who is here helping me hype up this conversation and have this conversation. And I want to remind you that we are on the air with Amy Friedman, who is the author and criminal, who is an author and criminal justice advocate. In 2013, she launched Pops, the club with her husband, who is a writer and high school teacher. It is an inclusive space for youth who have been stigmatized and silenced with the experience, uh, with their experience of the prison system. From a single club in Venice High School, Los Angeles, Pops, the club expanded to schools across the country. We are also live on the air here at WRT with Victor Trillo who is the founding team member of the Pathfinders Club and also works as a youth mentor. He has a deep understanding of the impact of incarceration on individuals, first as the son of a man who was in prison throughout Victor's childhood and later as a prisoner himself. At the age of 19, Victor received a life sentence that was reversed after he had been incarcerated for 21 years. He is a powerful advocate for children of, of children of the incarcerated and is the program coordinator for the Pathfinders Club and Pops the Club. Victor, I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to spend that amount of time in prison um, and then reintegrate into the community and then find yourself working with young people. I think oftentimes um, incarceration disqualifies you from opportunities, particularly opportunities with young people and children. Uh, can you can you talk a little bit about how you've had to to navigate life after 21 years of incarceration? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a vision that became a reality and um, it makes me an expert. And um, in the field that I'm able to work in, you know, for knowing firsthand how it is, you know, to have a father incarcerated and to have a mother, you know, attempting to raise the family, very difficult with all the social determinants, disproportionality and everything that I've endured. Um, and then me and myself, you need to go to prison and ultimately having a life sentence and never thinking that I was going to come home. 
At the age of 19. At the age of 19, you were really young. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was I was 19 years old. And, you know, I, I had this mentality that I was worthless that, you know, um, that the community didn't accept me that I that I came from, um, you know, poverty. Um, You know, I was disliked by friends because my father was incarcerated. Um, You know, I had a I had a language that all I knew was, you know, just, you know, how to just fend for myself. And it just, you know, turned people away. And, you know, those, these are the consequences in what society uh, uh, fails individuals as myself and the vast majority of the teens in the nation today, you know, he's one in 14, you know, the, uh, the statistics are horrible, you know, of what you, our youth have to go through. Uh, fortunately, you know, I found to be, I found myself to be resilient. I never gave up hope. You know, I continued to work on myself while in prison, processing my trauma, became a certified dog trainer, um, helped uh, start a, a youth offender program for the uh, throughout uh, California prison system. And it eventually got the attention of the Secretary of Corrections, and they recommended my sentence be recalled for exemplary conduct. I was released on November 13, 2020. I'm going up on my fourth year of being home. And, you know, I come home and, you know, I, I, um, I was fortunate to surround myself with a great community, um, find folks like the Pathfinder Network and the founders of Pops of the Club of Amy Friedman and Dennis Danziger. Shout out to my personal mentor, Leticia Longoria Navarro who is the executive director of the Pathfinder Network. And we know the mission of the Pathfinder Network is, you know, to be, we believe that all people are capable of change and believe people are second chances. And, hey, that's what they did for me. And, you know, everyone could change, you know, and, and bringing it back to the book and why I do this work and why I'm such an advocate for, for, for the young souls who, who, who allow themselves to be vulnerable and, you know, and speak their truth um, within the book, you know, I'm just, I'm just fortunate to be an advocate and, you know, be, and be passionate to, you know, to get these books and to everyone's hand to say, Hey, you know, Vic is behind this work. Amy is behind this work. Leticia, Dennis, and, and all the, all the hundred kids who submitted pieces and our wonderful donor Madge Woods, you know, that, that makes this, this possible, you know, by her generous donations of, you know, providing the publishing for these books. Oh, man, I I think that that's so powerful. And I think when people hear your story, um, I I wonder if if folks are are surprised to to find out that you spent a significant portion of your life at this point incarcerated. Um, Do you think that 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 is something uh, that people find shocking um, in relationship to this work, in relationship to your ability to be successful beyond incarceration? You know, um, um, you know, my story, it's a personal story. And one thing that I do say is, you know, I always pivot to the work that I do. Um, I let my actions speak for itself today because I know it's very easily for society to, you know, stereotype and judge an individual. So I don't take it personal. What I do is I continuously show up and, you know, by doing the work and, you know, um, supporting the kids, um, you know, being ethical, being law abiding, it shows in the nature. It shows that uh, habilitation, rehabilitation is possible. And that's what I do on a daily basis. And um, um, one thing that my therapist always tell me, people are going to like you or they're going to dislike you. It doesn't matter. My philosophy is that I'm here to show that change is possible. I'm here to be an advocate to support the Pathfinder Network, Pops the Club and the Pathfinder Club, and just make an impact in those youth, the little Vicks, like I went back to before you read that piece about me. I always channel the little Vicks and little Monica, what can I do to help a youth you know, navigate that shame and that same sadness that I went through as a kid, you know, and I do it on a daily basis. I love my life. My life is great. And um, I'm just very fortunate to be able to do the work that I do. And I'm going to continue to do it and show people that change is possible. Oh, man. That is so incredibly powerful. Amy, we want to hear from you. I just want to throw in a little something about that because I've been, I've had the great honor of being in, in a number of these clubs with Vic, talking to the kids and sharing his story and I will tell you the the response is me too me too that's me that's me the response is just such joy and and being and such a sense of being seen and being heard and being inspired and and so I think that that you know you you said something about are people shocked to hear your story but really all I see he, he's the perfect leader of this work because he just 
lights up every one of the kids. I've I've seen it again and again and again. Oh, you two are going to make me cry. Um, I I can't imagine getting to talk to two more like loving and beautiful people. And the work you all do is so tremendously powerful. And it's such a gift and an honor to get to have this conversation with you on WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. This is a public affair We want to hear from you. It is Pledge Week. We're hoping to hear from five more people who want to give, who want to support this conversation and all of the things that happen here on WORT 89.9. The number is 608-256-2001. Amy, I want to ask you before I bounce back over to Dee, um, you know, Vic has has talked about giving people a second chance a few times. Um, I often think about, you know, giving people a first chance. I think so often the the young people we see who end up incarcerated didn't have a shot to begin with. Um, they didn't have a fair opportunity. They didn't have an even playing field. They were set up. Um, and, and, you know, when you think about what it, what it means to, to get a first shot, um, I think some of what you all do is give young people their first opportunity to be seen for who they are, to be celebrated for their intellectual capacity. Um, what, what do you think about kind of, you know, the, the idea of a second shot? What do you think about the idea of kids, you know, starting um, from a place where they can't be successful and you all doing work to reconcile that? Absolutely. It's, um, you know, <clears throat> just to go back to the teachers and the importance of the teachers. My husband, the teacher, taught me this. When you're teaching, the best thing to do is to shut up and listen. Mm. And so when these clubs started, one of, you know, and this is where really where the books come from and why they really need to be in everybody's hands is that if you, so few of us listen to kids, so few of us think that they have anything important to say or any perspective that matters. And, and we kind of look at kids and sort of think, well, they need to listen to us and hear our advice and our wisdom and our experience. But when you shut up and listen, you discover all these things that you can't even imagine. You know, you, you, we've all been kids, but you sort of forget um, the, the beauty of, of listening to them and of giving them this platform and of reading their works in these books is that you discover ways of looking at the world and thinking about the world and understanding the world that, that you've either never thought about or you thought about when you were young and you forgot. So I think um, the teenagers, like it, it's advice to ninth graders, really it should be called advice to everyone. <laughs> Um, from from the mouths of of wise people, wise and courageous people. Yeah, <clears throat> man, I could not agree with you more in kind of the reverence you have for what young people have to say. Um, I, I think, you know, as a person who's gotten to work in education, who's gotten to work with adolescent folks, you know, the majority of my adult life, um, you know, some of the most profound things I've ever learned about, profound experiences I've ever had, have been because young people trusted me enough to tell me what they really thought about their life or what they were really experiencing um, in their world. And and I think the opportunity we have today at WRT to highlight these experiences, these stories, is so powerful, is so important. Dee, talk a little bit about why the, the stories of incarcerated folks matter, why, you know, we, we need to continue to engage folks who have experienced incarceration in conversation. Um, why, why is it important to you to have, you know, the out of the box podcast and, and to continue to champion the voices of people who experience incarceration? I think it's important because, you know, well, let me go back a little bit. I actually do um, a class at the JYC, I mean, JRC and the children's shelter. So at the juvenile detention center and at the shelter. And a lot of times it's circumstance, right? They're not, quote unquote, bad kids. They just come from a rough, you know, place. And um, you don't know what you don't know, right? So a lot of the 
times where I do interviews with guys that's been in prison for 20, 30 years, um, guys that's you know made mistakes, come home, and now they're community leaders, and now they've they're business owners, and they're great fathers or great mothers. Um, it's it's so important to let kids hear that because like like you said. Victor said something very profound. He said, I seen that growing up, right? My, that was my dad. My dad showed me what it was like to be a man. And he showed me that, you know, when he went to prison, no, nah, I want to go to prison, right? But then when his dad got out, showed him something different, then now he wanted to be just like his dad. Well, some of these kids don't have dads, but they listen to music. They see the movies, things like that. They modeled up. Uh, after the people that's in our community. So if we can show them something different, it does make an impact. Oh, man, I completely agree with you. And I think part of exposing people to these stories and the nuanced reality of folks who experience incarceration is doing exactly what we're doing right now. And if you want to support our ability to do that, all you have to do is call 608-256-2001 and help WORT continue to do this incredibly important work of uplifting the voices of folks that you do not usually hear from. And no, and, and no gift is too small. So please, if, if it's $10, $20, whatever, it doesn't really matter. No gift is too small. Before we continue this conversation, we're going to hear from another young person who is an 11th grader at Park Rose High, a member of the Pathfinders Club, a strong, creative, funny person who wants to be great, a great business owner. NM wants to achieve all their goals in life and more. She wants to change things in the world for good and will do anything to do so. Let's uh, make some time to listen to NM. Silent anger. Anger, an emotion I commonly feel. I feel this anger when I think about how pathetic I am. Anger because of my teenage hormones. But also what makes my blood boil is the thought of the mistreatment that me and my siblings went through with my mom. Angry and resentful from my father who left me to feed his addiction, but also for me not thinking that I was not good enough. I was not good enough. I'm angry at the fact that I can feel these unbearable human emotions. My anger is so loud, but I stay silent. Why? Because of her. To present myself for being a spitting image of her. So I suffer with the silent anger until I erupt like a level five volcano with my anger, sadness, and irritation. Hi, my name is NM. This is like representing pretty much how I felt my whole childhood. I've always been like a very angry child, even though like if you were to ask like a lot of my family, like I was like always like happy and like go lucky, but I always put up a front. But I have been through a lot of things and just growing up like Going yeah, growing up with things that I've been through and that I've seen, um, once like I hit like high school, I was just a very bitter person, and so I was just kind of just wrote down everything that like made me so bitter. And that's why I really like being at like TPC and being able to do what I can at TPC. Because, like, being here is, like, a whole different thing because I can express everything that I'm suppressed or what people say I'm not allowed to feel or, like, invalidate me for feeling. And it's just, like, my own safe space. Like, I can actually speak freely and I can, like, do what I want and what I feel like I deserve. I've been around, like, incarceration a lot. It's, like, a big weight is lifted off, especially because, like, you don't really have to say it. You don't have to like acknowledge like I am been affected by incarceration. It's just like this is something that happens and it's like a regular thing. So it's just like it's not a really a part of my life where it's a burden. When I went to that first meeting, it changed a lot and I got to bring so many people in there to change their life too. 
I don't think you can ask for more than that when you're working with young people than for young people to say, this changed my life. I, I look back at myself as a young writer and think the people who encouraged me and made space for me um, to, to write you know, about the things that were happening in my life um, are people who saved my life, are people who allowed for me this iteration of me at the age of 36 to be possible. Amy, when you hear that the work you do is is life changing, when you hear a student say, you know, I've 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 had to be inauthentic um, and, and this was the first time I got to tell the truth about how I feel inside. Um, how does how does that land with you? So I, I have to say, listening to NM, I got pretty choked up. <laughs> how I, I remember the first time, and I, I really do remember this vividly, there were some foundation people who came to observe our club um, to consider giving a donation. And one of the kids got up in front of the room and said sort of a similar thing. And I remember thinking, did I coach him to say that? <laughs> like, I mean, it, 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 it's, but it, it just fills me with joy and gratitude. Um, as you said, um, Ali, the, the opportunity to work with kids who, who open themselves up like this is just an honor uh, and a privilege. Vic, I want to go back to something that you kind of said about yourself. You know, you referenced your therapist um, and kind of what your therapist tells you. And, and I always think of like, it's a successful interview if somebody starts talking about like mental health support live on the air, right? Because I think there's so much stigma around needing mental health support. I also think sometimes there's this argument um, around what kids really need. Do kids really need to write poems about their their feelings or do kids really need uh, mental health support um, professionals? And and I think the, the answer can be both. But, but I'm curious, as you all do this work, does it ever illuminate the, the need that young people have for, for real mental health care? Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of our staff, you know, we're mandatory reporters, you know, we get trained on being aware of that, you know, but then again, you know, the club is about, you know, just coming into a safe place and kids in high school, they just want a safe place to come where they're not judged, where they have a meal. We always break bed and our model at the Pathfinder Club and Pops Club is you're always going to have something to eat. We have generous donors. We have great funders who provide where we're able to purchase food uh, for the kids. And so our, our model is that you just come in and be who as you are. We don't have the lens on as like, you know, we want to um, psychoanalyze or, or diagnose you. But yes, we are equipped and we are uh, always on the lookout. If it needs to uh, be elevated to a higher uh, level of need, we will do so. But our focus is just to come in, providing a safe space where you could just come and be authentic, be your authentic self. In him, that piece you just read, Silent Anger. I've been working, I'm actually the facilitator at the Pathfinder Club in Portland, Oregon, where uh, we launched it in May 5th of 2022. Um, and I'm fortunate to be a program coordinator and still get to facilitate a class. Wow, isn't, uh, isn't the universe really good to Vic? Um, but one of the things is, is that I'll tell you what, NM is a powerful soul that has just found themselves in being able to write. NM is not only a founding member of the club, but also a leader of the club who brings others into the club that says, hey, it's one of the things you said in our, in our clubs, you don't have to disclose why you're there. You know, is a club based on incarceration, deportation, or detention? But however, we welcome everybody into the room and we may not even hear of why you're there for months or even years later. But it does come out because it's a safe place where it's a community and the kids are not feeling alone. Amy, um, Vic, I, want, I could yeah. talk to you all all day, but we've got just a little bit of time left. And I want to give Dee the opportunity to encourage folks to give one more time before before we end the, the show today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 608-256-2001. Once again, that's 608-256-2001. Or you can give at www.wortfm.org. Once again, that's wortfm.org. 
We really appreciate it, guys. We we need your donation. I think, Vic, you did such a good job of talking about the role of like generous funders and making sure that you all can break bread together and making sure that you can, you know, support the basic needs of your young people so that they can be successful in doing this work. And that reminds me to give a huge shout out to Cooper Stafford for feeding all of our volunteers today. Huge shout out to Jade and John and Shali for making WORT possible. Um, and to all the volunteers, I also want to give a little bit of love to, to Dee for joining me on the air today, for helping me, you know, hype up the the giving. Before before we end, I'm wondering, Amy, if you can just give us a little bit of, of information around what is next for this work and where people can get this book. Can you remind people where they can find the anthology Advice to Ninth Graders? Absolutely. Um, two, two places, two websites to know about. The pathfindernetwork.org and pops the pops clubs.org. Um, P O P S C L U B S. And you know, you mentioned the new su- superintendent. I think he should want to bring a club to or several clubs to your part of the world. We'd love to be there. I mean, I think that there's a need for the work that you do across this country. Um, And I'm so excited for you all to continue to do this work and to do this work expansively. Vic, what is what is next for you in doing this work? Do you all release another anthology next year? Um, You know, what what does it mean to continue to do this work? and, And what do you hope to achieve in doing it long term? I just hope to continue to be an example, which I will. I'm actually uh, going to Lawndale High School here in Los Angeles, California, when I get off this call. And then I'm going to drive over to Amy Friedman's house, our executive um, editor. And uh, we're working on the 10th anthology, and it was going to drop next year. Um, I got a sneak peek of a lot of it yesterday. Amy's been doing this for, uh, gosh, this is her ninth anthology that she's overseen and edited and put the book together. And I get to learn and I'm going to be there at our house. So be on the lookout for the 10th anthology after you get our ninth anthology, Advice to Ninth Graders. Advice to Ninth Graders is an incredible book. I feel so incredibly privileged to have had the opportunity to talk to both of you um, and to have Dee join me on the air. Dee, we have a minute left. Do you want to remind people one last time? We are still, you still have an opportunity to give. You still have an opportunity to let us know that you love WORT. How do you do it? Um, 608-256-2001. Once again, that's 608-256-2001. Or you can go and give on our website. That's wortfm.org. Once again, that's wortfm.org. I want to thank everybody who listened to our show today here on WORT 89.9 FM. I want to thank the folks who gave us a call to give. And I want to remind you that there is still time. Maybe you were just too like in love with this conversation. I know it was hard not to just like fully enjoy the, the stories of Amy and Vic. Um, Give us a call at 608-256-2001 and make sure we get to have these kinds of conversations long into the future. Amy, Vic, D, thank you so much for joining me today on WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Muldrow. This is a public affair. Enjoy the heat wave, my friends in Wisconsin. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground, another pirate station.